0: This is the Action Network Podcast. And it is good. All right, here we go. From the ten throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown.
1: You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money.
0: All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway.
2: And welcome to the Action Network podcast. It's week four. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, Joined, as always, by my guy, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stuck, what's going on?
1: What's up, brother? Crazy, crazy week three. From a betting perspective, middle, middling week for me, one Thursday, slight, slight profit Sunday, and then had my worst call maybe all year with the Eagles, uh, plus four. And I also had some under. Looking to shake off that call. Couldn't have been more wrong there. Really impressed with with Dallas. We'll get to those teams later on. But Sunday was so exciting. I mean, for me as a Ravens fan and as the biggest Justin Tucker fan in the world, a 66-yarder off the, off the bar uh, and in is as exciting of a – field goals you'll ever see in the nfl we both hit our totals we had our money line underdog parlay again i went one and two you went two and one the funny thing is the one game i won i i didn't like my bet and that was the dolphins talk about a sweat uh i also had the Mm -hmm. under which got busted on that two-point conversion same my other two games the colts i'd play again i didn't hate that play and same with the jags i mean the last time i played the jags yes i was very disappointed with the play, but. They had a 94 percent cover rate at the end of the third quarter, and they
2: run a flea flicker that gets picked off. Who, who's their coach? Who, who, oh who's, God! Who, who might I their mean, coach be? Who might what coach might lose a 94 percent cover rate in a, a quarter? <laughs> a
1: battle of just coaching ineptitude. I mean, I had Cliff Kingsbury kicking that field goal at the end of uh, oh my God. a 68 Did you see, I, yarder.
2: I literally that was like my only tweet during game time. I think I was just like LMAO, Cliff. I laughed out loud so hard when <laughs> Jamal Agnew for the second straight week returned to kick for a touchdown.
1: But just like weeks one and two, who cares? We're on to week four. Let's get into it. All
2: right. Before we kick things off here, three quick reminders. First, if you plan to bet on any sport ever and you still haven't downloaded the award-winning Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools. It lets you shop for the best lines. And it's got analysis from myself, Stucky, and the whole Action Network team. And most importantly, it lets you track every bet that you make. Number two, if you need to reference our Sunday six-pack picks anytime, all you have to do is use the Action Network app and follow Sunday Six-Pack because we use that account to track those picks there. Uh, They're posted every Friday. And finally, in case you haven't checked out our other episodes here on the Action Network podcast, our action teammates, Brandon Anderson and Raheem Palmer do shorter NFL betting shows every Monday and Friday, which cover betting recaps, Monday Night Football previews, look-at-lines, and basically anything that Stucky and I didn't touch on here. Raheem and Brandon crush it. So definitely check them out. Oh, and uh, I got to shout out my dude, uh, Brandon Assire. Uh So I actually got to hang out with, with Sean Kerner for his birthday over the weekend. And uh, one of his boys listens to our pod. He's a big fan. Uh, so shouts to Brandon. He said something about our, our pod, which is I think would be a compliment to both of us. He said... Your picks are a lot more disgusting than mine, but you're winning him over. Like, you're always convincing him to to go that way. So, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I love that because I hate making disgusting picks. But I know Stucky will also love that because he loves making disgusting picks.
1: Yeah, I love doing it. It took me a while to get over the the hurdle. The college, it's still, oh, God. But NFL, if I'm getting over seven and I like the spot and the number, click, click, click.
2: Yeah, so no, we're gonna get we're gonna get to some of those today. Oh yeah, don't be worried. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, let's get into it with the Action Network Podcast presented by BetMGM. It's week four. Let's get to Thursday Night Football.
0: It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday Night Football.
2: All right, so we got the. Cincinnati Bengals fresh off that. I don't even know if we should call it an upset at this point because Pittsburgh looking kind of shaky, but you know, the upset in Heinz field of the Steelers Jaguars coming off same old, same old getting beat by double digits. Seven and a half is the lineup at MGM, the official odds provider of the pod, the total 45 and a half stuck. What are your thoughts on this game and why should we bet the Bengals?
1: Uh, just bet the over. It's, it's a primetime game. It, that's all the primetime <laughs> games go over. I think broad-time games are 8-1 now to the over on the year. I'm sure there will be some regression coming in that department. But Jags are playing fast. I don't know why because they're at a talent deficiency. They should be playing slower. Bengals are playing slower for what it's worth. But, you know, Jags are doing a couple things well. They're running the ball decently well. The problem is the Bengals' run defense has been great this year. They're only allowing 3.3 yards per carry. That's fourth in the NFL. The Jags' run defense – actually pretty decent compared to what I thought it would be coming into the year, but they're obviously vulnerable against the past. They don't generate much pressure. Their secondary is very weak. They just traded CJ Henderson. It wasn't anything great anyway, but, um, and he missed last week, but secondary can be spread out and exploited. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen with Barrow. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence did some things last week to show me that he's improving. All right, he had a brutal, you know, his first start, you can throw it out when he's a rookie. Second start, he had to face a Fangio defense that's just been suffocating everyone. And then last week, he gets a little easier defense. And if you look at his, it, like, adjusted completion percentage, there was some progress there. He looked a little more comfortable. But, you know, this is a, rookies are still 0-9 against the spread this year when they don't play each other. Mac Jones beat Wilson, and that was the only cover. And now this is a short week on the road, you know, for a rookie quarterback and a coach that's just, not impressing either of us. You know, Thursday Night Football home favorites have had the edge in the past. I think they're about 56% against the spread since 2003. The Bengals do have a couple concerning injuries in the secondary. Jesse Bates is out. Awuzie is out. Are the Jags a team that can exploit that? You know, maybe for a backdoor. I make this lie. I actually show a little bit of value in the Jags, like, but I'm close to seven, not enough to play it. Thank God. Plus, I look for reasons not to play Thursday Night Football. The injuries in the secondary for the Bengals, you know, Bates is a really good player and the corner depth is questionable. Now with Lawrence looking a little better and me thinking that Burrow is going to have success throwing the ball, kept me off the under here. Although I would lean that way a bit. Ultimately, I think this is just a great teaser piece. So tease the Bengals down from seven and a half to one and a half. They should find a way to win this game. Ultimately it comes down to the Bengals defense is playing Really well this year. And Barrow is obviously much better right now than Trevor Lawrence. And the Bengals' offense overall is as well. So at home, short week as a favorite against a rookie quarterback and a coach that's uh, the Bengals. If this was under seven, I would take, I would look at potentially taking them too high for me to take the Bengals. But it's a perfect teaser piece coming down up across seven and three.
2: Yeah, I love the teaser. The Bengals defense, they're right there with Carolina's, these two defenses that kind of may enter that conversation of, okay, this is actually a good defense that hasn't been the last few years, at least. The key for me in this game, and the same thing that kind of kept me off the Jags, well, besides Urban Meyer, but the thing that made me scared for the Jags last week going against the Cardinals was because the Bengals, it's kind of like the Cardinals. They both blitz a lot. The Bengals are seventh in blitz rate. They blitz 38 times already this year, according to pro football reference. Trevor Lawrence against the blitz, eight of 23, one touchdown, two picks, 4.4 yards in attempt. He's been abysmal against Which the Which makes blitz. sense.
1: That You know, yes. a rookie quarterback trying to slow everything down, and then you're getting blitzed.
2: It's hard to process everything early on in your career. Especially if your coach doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. But... Bengals, number one in early down pass success rate. Uh, remember, we like to filter out for early downs because third downs, a lot of luck involved, penalties. You know, you're sometimes you're playing a sticks, you give up a 50-yard touchdown. You know, a lot of things go go crazy on third down, but early downs, more repeatable Bengals, number one early down pass success rate. Number four, early down run success rate on defense. So you look at this Bengals team, they have enough ex- big time players with Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon to get the job done. And this Jaguars defense really isn't going to give them give him much of a fight. So yeah, I'm with you. Tease the Bengals down. I expect the Bengals to to win sizably. So if I had to take a side, even at the seven with the hook, seven and a half, I would still take the Bengals. You look historically, you mentioned stuck the favorites uh, on Thursday night. And if you actually filter out by favorites by seven or more points, they are forty-two and twenty since two thousand and three against the spread sixty-eight percent. Wow. And we've talked about this when you have the inferior team, it's really tough when you don't have those extra days of preparation to figure out a way to, you know, beat expectations. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And scheme, um, you know, scheme
1: yeah. to compensate for some of your deficiencies. Mm-hmm.
2: There's a handful of coaches that are good at that. And, you know, in any given week you'll see a couple even surprise teams have just a really good scheme that, that week, uh, you know, big back to the giants beating the Seahawks last year, late in the year. But you also you also are playing on Sunday and then playing Thursday
1: and you have to travel in between there which mm-hmm. eats into your preparation time as well.
2: Yeah, cuz most of those favorites are home favorites obviously. It's going to yeah. it's more rare to be a minus 7 favorite on the road. That's pretty much the analysis. Trevor Lawrence sucks against the Blitz. <laughs> we have seen nothing to suggest that there aren't 30 to 31 teams better than the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. So, Bengals tease him down. Take the seven and a half if you want. It's not my style, but I wouldn't argue with it. All right, let's get into our pep talk. So for today's coach's pep talk, our producer Matt Mitchell has actually not chosen something from the film Blue Chips. I'm glad he started watching other things because there's a lot of content out there.
0: You keep playing the way you're playing. We're going to get our ass beat again tonight.
2: So this week, we got a clip from one of our favorite shows and one of our favorite clips from the show, The Wire, and uh, Stuck, who we dedicated this one to.
1: It's my favorite show of all time. I got my cuties, Jim thought he was the man in that show shirt on <laughs> yeah we got to dedicate it again again turbo meyer until he wins he's down there in the humidity acting like uh he knows what he's doing and uh, i'm not sure that's quite the case so this clip will fit well to that hey yo what's up playboy how come you wearing that suit Be for real it's 85 degrees out here and you're trying to be like pat
0: riley man look the pub, be the pub, mother please you walking around with a fake f-ing clipboard you can't even read a playbook be for real
2: like my favorite thing every week is just finding some the, the dumb thing that Urban Meyer d- did this week. Like this week, it was a trade. It was it was a trade of of, of CJ Henderson for like a, you know, like the thirty sixth best tight end in the NFL. But yep. I did promise Matt that we weren't gonna have a fifteen minute wire tangent. So let's have like a seven minute wire tangent. That's fine with <laughs> me.
0: So I'm only gonna say this one time: you do not get to win, bird. We do. All
2: right, what's your what's your favorite? Cold Open from The Wire. You you already know mine because I just posted it in Slack. I think that was one of my favorite parts of The Wire, just all those cold opens. I think it has to
1: be Omar, Omar and Brother Mazone.
2: Oh, that's a good one. I was going to go with Snoop and the Nail Gun, like the the, the season four, I think it was. If anyone hasn't seen that, first YouTube, Omar, Brother Mazone, but also YouTube Snoop Nail Gun or Snoop the Wire Nail Gun.
0: Hey guys, this is the show producer, Matt Mitchell. I'm so sorry to interrupt uh, Stucky and Raybon did actually go on to talk about The Wire for 20 more minutes. And if you wanted to hear that, I know you may be thinking to yourself, This is bullshit. So just, you know, hit those guys up on Twitter if that's something you wanted to hear. Uh, but I'll just leave you with my favorite quote from The Wire. I'll take any mother's money if he's giving it away. And then we'll keep this train going here at the Action Network podcast. Thanks for listening.
2: Uh, That was our coach's pep talk. Urban Meyer still needs it. Let's get into our week four six pack.
0: Thirsty for action? Let's crack open
2: the Sunday six pack. For everyone not familiar, what we do here is we give three picks each for uh, sides. We cannot pick the same side, but we can be on opposite sides. Two points for our first two, one point for our third, and then we also get a point uh, for our favorite total, which we do in the next segment. I think for the first time, I have a lead on Stuck. I think the one time I won, I came from behind. So it's like my first early season lead, but it's 14-11. Probably would be tied if you hadn't bet the Jaguars twice, but you live and you learn. And I got the first pick this week, right? You're 14-11, yep. For the first pick of the week four, Sunday six-pack, I am going with the Baltimore Ravens plus one at the Denver Broncos. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. I love this pick because look at who the Broncos have played thus far. They played the Giants in week one. They played the Jacksonville Jaguars in week two. And then they played the New York Jets in week three. So the Broncos have looked great. Teddy Bridgewater is playing great, but we know absolutely nothing about the Denver Broncos. Why? Because they've played nobody. I love the buy low spot for Baltimore. Baltimore. Uh, we know Baltimore can beat quality teams, even if it's ugly. They beat the Chiefs in a crazy turn of events, but I like Baltimore in this spot. You know they're getting, uh, you know Williams back. That's going to help their run defense. We know the Broncos are going to want to run the football. That's what they. That's what they kind of do: run the ball, play defense. Well, playing defense is great, and they have a lot of talented pieces. But Lamar Jackson throws that all out of the out of the window. He's just going to make off schedule plays that can beat you in a way that Daniel Jones and, and Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence really aren't, or, or they're not going to make enough mistakes. They're going to make too many mistakes to overcome, you know, if they do make a good playoff schedule. And, and then on the other side, I just think that the, like the Broncos on offense going against this Ravens D they're going to blitz. The Broncos really haven't faced a ferocious pass rush yet either. When you talk about the giants, when you talk about the the Jags and the jets. So this is just a, a, a step up in competition for the Broncos who I think if they started the year with almost any other combination of teams where you didn't include like three of these teams of of these league worst teams, they probably would be, you know, getting points right here, but we got a situation where you're getting the Ravens getting points. And I'm still at a point, like I'm not, you know, there's some ugly picks that I really like, but I'm at a point where I still see value on some of these teams that I'm getting as underdogs that are, quality teams and the Ravens are, I still think they're a quality team. Lamar Jackson in his career, 13 and seven against the spread uh, on the road. Harbaugh 29 and 21 against the spread 58% uh, as a road underdog. So I love the Ravens uh, love them down to a pick them. I think they win this game. I just, I just don't trust Denver strength to schedule. Uh, and, you know, ask me coming into the season, who would have won this game? And I've said the Ravens, nothing has dissuaded me from that. I would have loved if they lost. I mean, I know you're a Ravens fan, but I would have loved if they lost to Detroit, only because I probably would have gotten even another half point to a point. But Baltimore Ravens plus one at Denver. You're not
1: allowed to use Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh against the spread trends for this game because Teddy Bridgewater is 38 and 14 against the spread
2: in his career. (laughs) Yeah, but Um, what's he on the road? (laughs)
1: He just covers every week no matter what now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 73%. Against the spread in his career. 38 and 14. Teddy <laughs> covers, man. I make Baltimore a slight favorite here. Um, there, I actually prefer the under, though. I mean, Denver is 3-0 to the under. Their offense hasn't really exploded, and they've played, you know, the Jags' defense, the Jets' defense. They, they haven't played, like, the three best defenses in the NFL. and You know, they're not get, putting up 30 points. They play, they play slower. So do the Ravens. A lot of runs, I, I expect, in this game. And here's the thing with Denver. Bridgewater's... Numbers under pressure look great this year. I mean, look at the defense as a secondary he's, he's faced. Jimmy Smith's now back for the Ravens, should get a uh, close to a full workload this year. So that secondary is now coming together. You mentioned Brandon Williams, Justin Houston back, Derek Wolfe. I don't think he's going to play this year, this week, but he'll be back soon too. So the Ravens are going to bring pressure. They can match up with this defense. And look, if you look at the, the, the two of the top three quarterbacks who have taken the most shots 20 yards downfield, Bridgewater and Lamar, but if you look at this game, I think that's going to significantly change because, one, the whole premise of the Fangio defense is to take away big plays. So I don't think that there's going to be – you know, the Ravens played the Chiefs, which, is, which statistically has the worst defense in the NFL um, run, pass, whatever. You know, they played the Lions with a bunch of rookies in their secondary that were missed assignments. There were people running all over. Why Marquise Brown dropped 17 touchdowns. They were taking a lot of deep shots. That's different against this Denver defense. And on the other side, and I think Lamar will be under pressure here a little bit. On the other side of the ball with Denver, when, that, when Hamler's not on the field, if you look at Teddy Bridgewater's stats, it's Teddy check down again. So a lot of the shots are him. Not only does yeah. he stretch the field out, but they're taking a lot of shots. Of him. Now Judy's gone. Uh, Judy's out, Hamler's out. So that speed element of this offense is missing. So it's going to be a lot of run, a lot of short passes, rely on the defense. Lamar is probably the wild card here. Maybe Tucker hits another, who knows an altitude what he's going to hit this week. Um, Oh yeah. He might break his own record. It's 69 maybe, but uh, (laughs) yeah. So I mean, I make Baltimore uh, a slight favorite, so I don't necessarily disagree with you. we're going to learn a lot about Denver this week, but that Denver offense has been doing that much. They lost two of their speediest receivers. And, you know, while the The defensive line of Baltimore is getting healthier. Denver's two starting guards might be out this week. They signed a couple guys from the practice squad. It looks like, you know, Reisner and Glasgow are likely out. They didn't practice today. So this this offense is is pretty banged up. So I I like under 45. Don't hate your pick. All right, for my first pick and the second overall pick of the Sunday six-pack, it's time to get ugly, people. We're going to get ugly right off the bat. I'm going with the New York Football Jets plus seven and a half at home against the Tennessee Titans. You're wearing Jets gear, which I think is not a good
2: sign because you wore Jags gear (laughs) last week. Trying to do the reverse jinx, or is it just the regular jinx? I don't know. And notice it's Broadway Joe, not Broadway Zach. All right. Well,
1: (laughs) look, I wouldn't go below seven on this if it's going to keep dropping, but I assumed going into this game, I was pretty confident. AJ Brown was not going to play, which he's not. Um, I don't think he's officially been ruled out, but he is. Hamstring injury. And then last week, Julio Jones doesn't play in the fourth quarter. Rabel comes out and says he's managing his workload. I'm like, that's a bunch of bullshit. He's hurt. So then it came out today. So you might see, by the time you listen to this, this line keep coming down. He didn't practice that. I don't think they're going to – like, why risk hamstring injuries with your two star receivers against the Jets? I don't think either play. I'd be shocked if either plays. So especially Julio Jones at his age and how fragile he is. So I think both their star receivers are out. When you look at the Jets, their defense is holding up pretty well against the run. they got a pretty good defensive line that can, you know, hold its own. I think that they can at least not allow Derrick Henry to run wild on them without too much help. Marcus May is out, which hurts a little bit on the back end, but that loss is neutralized by the fact that I'm pretty sure that Brown and Jones are going to be out. So, you know, this Titans offense all of a sudden becomes a lot less potent. It's also – on the other side of the ball, the Jets' offense has been perfect. Just no doubt about it. But they've played statistically three of the top five pass defenses in the NFL. Zach Wilson has his first start on the road at Carolina. Defense that's playing well. Then you'd face a Belichick and a Fangio defense in back-to-back weeks. That's brutal. I mean, he's been under constant pressure. The offensive line is a mess. Well, now he gets to come home and face a Tennessee team that has an awful defense this is a bottom five defense this is a defense that doesn't generate pressure he should feel a lot more comfortable i'm banking on him looking a lot like you know trevor lawrence looked a lot better against an arizona defense after facing the broncos i think you'll see the same thing here at home hopefully jamison crowder plays uh he's practiced in a limited fashion today but they need him in the slot i think he'd be really important, but they should be able to put some drives together for the first time this year, because the Tennessee defense is that bad. And you know, the, the Tennessee is a team that just, it kind of plays down. we talk talked about this a lot. They play down to competition. There's seven and two in their last nine on the road. Five of them came by six or less, two of them in overtime. And this is a team that's just going to play close games. I was not impressed with the Titans last week. I mean, they beat the Colts by nine at home. Like I said, plus three in turnovers. The Colts lose their star guard, three defensive starters. They're, they have a quarterback playing with two broken ankles, um, like with no weapons. I think the Jets could do enough to get this cover here. A- another reason why this is a good buy low spot, teams that score under 10 points in the NFL. The next week, they're 152-97-4 and against the spread the next week. That's 61% against the spread. So I think this is the time... I will tell you, look, the Jags, I, I don't regret playing the Jags last week. I played them two weeks ago. I haven't touched any of these other rookie quarterbacks. This is the time to bet the Jets. I only bet the Jets once last year. I hate this team. And they covered for us. <laughs> this might be the only time I bet the Jets this year. I think this is the spot against the defense with an offense that will likely be missing its top two receivers and a run defense that I think can hold up here. Defense is actually playing really well. When compared to the talent of that. So I think Sal is doing some good things scheme-wise yeah. with that defense. And uh, I think Wilson will actually look competent this week and and put some drives together, which it might say something about him, but I think it's going to say mainly what this Tennessee defense is. So give me the Jets over touchdown at home.
2: You just convinced me to play the under on this game. <laughs> Everything you said, it's like – just like I, I you said you'd rather play the uh, the Ravens. Broncos Mm -hmm. under I think I just rather play this game under I do agree I think the spot is great I mean you mentioned teams that don't score a lot straight up shutouts an underdog off a shutout versus a favorite not coming off a bye so as long as the favorite doesn't have like long rest 39 and 20 66 percent since 2003 so you know we saw Miami squeak out the cover last week 1-0 this season Uh, But yeah, all my trends are on the Jets. The, The one thing that scares me, I have like seven trends on the Jets that are kind of similar, like 60%, buy low spots, you know, bet against the public after a big game, 61%, coming off a shutout, 66%, you know, three game losing streak, you know, 64%. So a lot of things that suggest, you know, the Jets are the right player. But one thing that scares me is that the Titans' issues on pass defense have been explosive plays on third down. I just don't know if the Jets are in a spot that they can create those. Remember now Elijah Moore looks like he might miss. And like, I mean, Corey Davis, you know, Christian Fulton's actually playing quite well. So I just, I don't know where those come from. I mean, this might make you sick, but the Titans are actually number two in the league in early down success rate against the pass on defense. It's been all third down, like Issues for that. Remember, Seattle had like the big plan third down. So that's what scares me. Maybe the Jets could do that, but I think I'd still rather take the under because I don't. I mean, they played a 25 16 game against the Colts last week. I don't know if the Jets can beat that. So uh, I get it. It's the right spot. I probably will end up going the under in this one, though, and continuing to fade these rookie quarterbacks until they show me something. I don't hate the pick at all. Uh, All right. For the third overall pick and my second pick of the week four, Sunday six pack. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks plus three at the San Francisco 49ers. So I love Seattle here because it's just a buy low spot on a team that is better than its record at one and two throughout his career. You know, Pete Carroll always kind of been a little, you know, some of the things you could question his philosophies, but in these kind of situations, they generally get it right. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll together, multi-game losing streak. 13-2-1 13-2-1 against the spread. It rarely ever happens. So you rarely ever get this spot. Russell Wilson's been the quarterback for, what, nine years now? 16 times this has happened where you even get a spot like this. Seahawks coming off multiple losses. Uh, they're covering 87% of the time. Uh, I think they do it again. And I love fading Kyle Shanahan as a favorite. He's 8-19. There's 30% against the spread when the Niners are a favorite. Faded him in the spot last week. It worked out. Doing it again. I think when you look at Seattle – and you look at how they match up with San Francisco, San Francisco still has cornerback issues. I think this defense, the difference between this defense and the 2019 defense is that the 2019 defense, you still had Richard Sherman playing at a high level. You had the cornerback situation good enough to the point where you didn't really want to, you know, when th- with that four man rush and you were playing seven in coverage, it was you didn't want to attack the outside against this team. You didn't want to attack the slot corner. No, there's not really a strong corner to speak of in this defense. You know, maybe Lenora will be good one day, but, you saw how Aaron Rodgers kind of just picked and choose his matchup with Devontae Adams. Seattle has two receivers that they can do that with. They have a quarterback that's right up there with Aaron Rodgers. When you talk about, you know, talent level and, and being able to just drop a, a pinpoint deep ball in or t- pinpoint pass outside. And then on the other side, I mean, Seattle's defense, we know it's not great, but San Francisco's defense is only 19th in DVOA. They haven't been that great either. Um, so I just don't like last week, the reason I was betting against San Francisco was I just felt like San Francisco is no longer dominant enough on defense and they're still great on the, on the O-line that, that is when they they are great, but they're just not great enough on defense to where I don't think it's going to, when it's a matchup like this, it's going to come down to the two quarterbacks and it it was going to be Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy. And I feel the same way in this one. I don't think San Francisco is dominant enough, especially with this running game in flux where we saw Juszczyk get more snaps in the backfield than any halfback last week, 69% of the snaps, Thurman 59%, no other tailback played. They got, they got everyone involved in the run game and you know, Kyle Shanahan, he's, he's working hard to try to scheme up ways for this offense and for Jimmy, but he obviously doesn't trust him in the red zone Took him out on fourth and goal uh, to bring in Trey Lance. Like, I just think that San Francisco's not dominant enough to where they're going to blow out Seattle. Seattle's going to be there and it's going to come down to Jimmy versus Russ and that's advantage Russ. Love the spot. Russell Wilson is a road dog 20 and 11 in his career against the spread 65%. Even Carroll just take out Russ just Carroll overall you know 36 and 21 63% against the spread off a loss and again with Russ 13 and 2 off a multi-game losing streak. This is just a spot for Seattle. Uh, I love him in his spot. I don't think they go to one and three.
1: Uh, I have to disagree here because the game's going to be decided by a field goal. If it was plus three and a half, I would agree. They're going to win the game, though. That's the thing. Uh, They're uh, going to win by (laughs) a field goal. That's fine. Uh, But I would just look, Russ should have success against this beat up secondary. The 49ers should also have success on offense. But look, Russell Wilson, as an underdog in his career, has been very good 23 9 2 against the spread. So that is what thirty four games. And in those thirty four games, any spread, you should only tease dogs generally between one and a half and three. But any spread, he has covered the six point tease thirty two out of thirty four times. That's ninety four percent. And when the spread is between one and a half and three points, as it is here, and when you should tease dogs, fifteen and zero. So this is a perfect teaser piece for me. With the Seahawks, should keep this within one possession. So, yeah, I'm yeah te- I mean, teased him with Cincy. So,
2: uh, you're right. I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right about that. I love him as a tease. I love him on the spread. I love him as a dog, a money line dog. Like, I just think this is the spot for Seattle. I'm fading Jimmy G. Like, this is, I, like, these are the kind of picks I'm trying to make so I don't have to go with, like, the Jets. It's like, I'm trying to take quality teams with quality quarterbacks, you know, early in the year when we're kind of panicked about them and then we're all down in them and they're one and two. Like, if Seattle beats Tennessee – uh, and, or they hold that weed against Minnesota because they've had a double digit weed in every game. If they beat Tennessee or Minnesota or both like this, there's this line is closer to a pick So give me Seattle, but I, your point is taken about the, the tees It's a good point. All right.
1: Well, I don't think I've had a quality quarterback all year. You have. Um, <laughs> so we're going to keep that trend going with my <laughs> second pick and the fourth overall, the Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers plus six and a half at BetMGM at Green Bay in Lambeau and the washed Ben Roethlisberger. I watched that game last week and he looked horrendous. But if you didn't know that I was picking the Steelers this week, you haven't been listening to this podcast. I knew it. The classic Tomlin spot.
0: What? A rah-rah Mike Tomlin spot. We win the game with this crew of bodies right here today. Uh, Bring y'all A game today.
1: Tomlin has some deficiencies in in game management and other things, and his team can come out flat. But when they need a win and when they have the the us-against-the-world mentality, there is no better motivator.
0: Let the greatest of
2: all time look at your work.
1: And people used to say, narrative, narrative. This this just happens every time, over and over and over and over again. For years, give me some numbers. Tomlin road favorite against a losing team. 16 30 and 1 against the spread, 34.8%, failing to cover by three and a half points per game, negative 29% ROI, dead last of every single coach who's ever coached the NFL in our Actions Lab database since
2: 2003. I don't want to hear about the labor pains, man. Deliver the damn baby.
1: Tomlin is a road dog against a winning team, 18 and 6 against the spread, 75%, covering by an average margin of six points. Forty-eight percent ROI, number one of all 130 coaches in our database since 2003.
0: Bring your game today. You ain't new to this no more. Now, you know what I mean. Dominate this football game.
1: Look, one, they're one and two. They're going to Green Bay. Everyone has written them off. Season's over. Ben is washed. This team sucks. Blow it up. They have no chance here. This is where Tomlin thrives, right? We see it all the time. Usually wins these games outright. Like, they'll find a way to win. The, like, they did in Buffalo somehow. I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to win this game. Their defense should be a lot healthier. That's what people haven't been recognizing. I think if Fitzpatrick's played pretty bad. He'll be fine. But, you know, they haven't had Hayden and Bush at times. They didn't have Watt and Highsmith. Those guys are all practicing, and I expect them to play. You know, I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game, which gives more value to the dog. Try to find it, see if he can get the seven, which is obviously – important uh i'd buy that up to you know minus 120 so i think it's gonna be low scoring game which provides even more value to the underdog here but i'm trusting the spot i'm trusting that pittsburgh will be able to run the ball a little more than they have been against this green bay defense and green bay won't i don't think they're gonna have mvs and people are like oh mvs he stinks no number one he has huge games number two he's the he's the field stretcher so he's the guy that doesn't matter if he's, you know, catching a ball or Rodgers misses him or he's dropped. They don't really have another elite speed guy like him. So it makes them a little easier to defend and then focus on Devontae Adams. Um, I think the Steelers, obviously, if all their guys that are playing, I, who I expect to play, I think can get some pressure on Rodgers and just this defense. Every, what happens is these Tomlin spots, the defense comes out with their hair on fire. Um, and, you know, everyone has said this team is done. And this is usually when the Steelers win a game, and then everyone will, next week will say they're back, and then they'll lose at home. That's the the Tomlin circle of life. So give me the Steelers plus six. Seven. It's a game I make like five and change, five eight. So like from a line value perspective, I, it's not the biggest edge, but it's the spot. I bet this almost religiously, as you know. There'll be times when we fade Tomlin as a road favorite later in the year, hopefully with Big Ben. So yeah, give me the Steelers.
2: Yeah, this is a, this is a great pick. These are the two that like I was kind of hoping you would take because they, they've looked so bad. But th- like Tomlin, you you mentioned like he wins these games straight up. Mike Tomlin on the money line as a dog from October on is, is 26 and 19, 58, straight up. Remember, he's a dog. Dogs are supposed to win, like, you know, what, 40, 30, 35, 40 percent of the time. Like, you know, it's just been absurd with him. I, I mean, him off a loss 57 percent against the spread, 43 and thirty three a dog from week 3 on 35 14 and 271% against the spread on the road off a loss 22 and 14 61% against the spread i mean everything pretty much is like tom win spot tom win spot tom win spot so pittsburgh wasn't my initial money line dog pick but i may switch to them there's a really good chance they win and they they're, they have a juicy money line right now so um i do like this pick it's the it's definitely the right pick to
1: put a bow on this Tomlin as an underdog this is a wild stat. Tomlin is an underdog against an opponent with an equal or better winning percentage, 27, six and one against the spread 27, six. So uh, I'm trusting Tomlin on the spot here. Wouldn't be surprised if we get like a block punt Rogers gets, you know, throws a pick six. The Steelers will come out with their hair on fire. Hopefully Ben doesn't mess it all up.
2: And this is a and this is a big letdown spot for the Packers too, because it's another yeah. reason why I liked them last week. It was like, okay, San Francisco two zero, Green Bay. It doesn't want to go one and two on prime time. You saw Aaron Rodgers like he was about as happy as I've seen him in Green it, like as a Packer uh, in the last like decade. You know, and, and that post game interview, he was like, "Oh, isn't football romantic?" Like this is a perfect letdown spot.
1: Like Rodgers is, you know, he wants to win the Super Bowl and. I think he's going to be caught coasting a little bit of time because the sense of urgency across a 17-game season when you play in that division is hard to keep up because it's like, all right, we're going to win the division and we're going to the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers come out a little flat.
0: All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. All right,
2: for the fifth overall and my third pick of the Week 4 Sunday six-pack, I am going with the Minnesota Vikings, plus one and a half at home against the Cleveland Browns. And this is another spot where I like Minnesota. I make this a coin flip game. And so I like Minnesota because you got them at home again. You know, they're a home dog Zimmer. He's got some, some kind of familiarity with the because he coached under him. Now, you know, it goes both ways, obviously. So is going to understand some of the schemes, but I think Cleveland, you know, they got this kind of freebie against the bears last week in a game that I just had all wrong. Uh, But, you know, Cleveland's defense, I think is still, you know, the jury's out, but I also think Minnesota's playing really well on offense. So I think this is going to kind of be a back and forth game. I think, you know, even in the Vikings, you know, whether they have Dalvin cook or not, like Alexander Madison was great last week. Like he, they, they didn't change their offense at all from cook to Madison. So I don't really think, you know, cook is worth like much to the spread, you know, running backs in the running game in general, isn't, but, Uh, You know, I I know some people may, you know, Dalvin Cook, is he banged up? That could be an issue. I don't really think it is. Uh, I don't know how much this applies because of of the familiarity, but it's worth noting, Mike, because it's just one of those crazy stats, Mike Zimmer versus a non-divisional opponent uh, on normal rest. So as long as there's no buys, I always like to filter out for, you know, kind of outlier situations like buys, but Mike Zimmer versus a non-divisional opponent, normal rest, 38 and 18 against the spread, 68%. Uh, And we also got Cousins at at the time he loves to play as a 1 p.m. Eastern dog. Cousins in his career is 20 and 9 against the spread. Like these are just the kind of spots where, you know, it's a toss up game. You know, people still probably thinking of Minnesota is like shaky after that 0 and 2 start. But they could easily be 3 and 0. I think I mentioned after two weeks they were the only team that was 0 and 2 that had this positive uh, EPA per play. Cleveland... Chicago's obviously – I thought Justin Fields would help them. He didn't. They are just as bad with Justin Fields. So, I'm not putting much stock into that. And Cleveland also played Houston. Now, they played a great game against Kansas City, but Kansas City might not be as dominant as we thought they were. Like, oh, you you lost to them by four points. What That's like a win. You know, I don't know if that's – you can kind of look at it anymore. So, Cleveland's another team they haven't really played anyone. The Minnesota loss to Cincinnati looks a little better now. That Cincinnati is – you know, they've – kind of come together as a defense and their their playmakers burrow chase those guys are looking good their o-line is holding up for the most part so that loss to cincinnati isn't looking as bad uh and then arizona you know they should have won that game so i just think this is more of a coin flip game you're still getting a point and a half i would take this one down to pick them uh you have a home dog in in a spot early in the season where we just don't know enough about these two teams to give Cleveland a, uh, you know, to give what's a general coin flip matchup, Cleveland an edge on the road here. So Minnesota plus one and a half against Cleveland as a home dog. Take it down to a pick.
1: Yeah, I don't mind this. as I make this a, a true coin flip as well. But uh, you know, at plus one and a half, which These. we'll get to in a second. The teaser: I teased the Vikings up over yeah. seven, but Cousins is playing at a ridiculously high level right now. I mean, you have to give him credit, and uh, we'll see how Minnesota can hold up against. Miles Garrett, that's going to be something to watch. But, yeah, Cousins is just – he's firing on all cylinders right now. And that defense, I mentioned this early in the season, it's a brand-new defense, nine new starters, and it's Mike Zimmer. He always gets his defense corrected. So it's a defense that I think is going to improve with each passing week, and we saw a little bit of that in the second half last week when they shut out the Seahawks uh, for the entire second half. So I don't mind that play at all, but and look, the Minnesota—you said it—they could be three and out, and I think yeah. that they would be probably point, favored. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you could have a field goal swing if they were three and out. You, they—you would probably see them minus one, minus one and a half here, yep. uh, just because of the perception, and obviously it's kind of a dead range. But they lost to Arizona on a chip shot field goal, and they lost to Cincinnati because of a bogus fumble call upon review so they easily could be three and know i don't hate the play at all uh for my third pick and the sixth overall pick of the sunday six pack you have gone russell wilson kirk cousins and lamar jackson i have gone not russell wilson i've gone zach wilson <laughs> But not Ben Roethlisberger of 2010, Ben Roethlisberger of 2021. And we're gonna close it out with Danny Dimes, baby. Let's hear it for Danny Dimes.
2: It's my city. I'm the
0: king of New York. Oh, the wow. Road
1: Warrior and the New York football giants. Man, I have the two I have the two New York teams in my. 6 back and, and the Steelers. Uh, we're going with the Giants, plus seven and a half at the Saints. Look, I know the offensive line has injuries. I know Nick Martinez, their middle linebacker, is out for the year. Not the best player in the world. do make a lot of tackles, but he's like their quarterback of their defense. They're going to need some young guys to step up. But this is just uh, an overreaction to what has happened. I mean, New Orleans went into New England last week and won a game they shouldn't have won. They were out game. They, they got a pick six on a tipped ball drop. They got another pick inside the New England red zone. And then they got a touchdown on a ball. Jameis said, whoop, I'm just going to throw it up into the end zone. And it somehow got caught. But, you know, it's if you look at, and Sean Payton is not going to, I'd be shocked if you see that ever happen again. Jameis Winston now is home, still makes some mistake throws. I, I can see him making some mistake throws here but this offense is so conservative and they don't really have great receivers right now. And that's why this total is like 41 and a half catching seven and a half in a total in the NFL with a total of 41 and a half against Jameis Winston, one of the worst quarterbacks you could ever back as a favorite, yet alone a favorite of over seven points. I mean, I'm taking this all day. I understand that, you know, the Slayton, is probably not going to play. Shepard's probably not going to play. I don't care. You're probably going to see more design runs for Daniel Jones. You're going to see lots of punts in this game. It's such a low number. I can't play the under, but I would lean on it. I think it's going to be an ugly game. And this is where – these are the games the Giants cover. We talk about this week in and week yep. out. The Giants are at home. People are like, oh, they're pretty good, and then they lose out. right? Then they go on the road. You know, they upset Seattle. They should have upset Washington. They look really good. It's what they do. Dimes, Danny Dimes now, 4-11 against the spread at home, 10-4 against the spread at home. And by the way, Winston, 7-14-1 against the spread is a favorite, 33%. He's 18-10-1 against the spread as a dog of more than a field goal, 65%. And you know, Look, the Saints also have offensive line injuries, so their offensive line, which is like the strength of that team, potentially might not be fully healthy. Armstead could be out. Uh, you know, center is still banged up. So, uh, look, this is a lot of points for the Saints and their conservative offense with a, a guy who could, trying to run it who could go rogue at any moment and throw a pick six, throw a bad pick. They were very fortunate last week. They also caught the Packers just when everything went wrong. Well, look, we've seen who the Packers are since uh, we saw the Saints have a disastrous game at Carolina. There also could be some fatigue here. Right, three straight road games you haven't been really at home the hurricane now you're coming home not a, not just like physical fatigue but mental fatigue you're playing the Giants like I could see them being flat here they are probably approach a conservative let's just get this win and the Giants are essentially playing for their season you can't you can't go all in four you can go one and three and have a shot in the NFC East um you can't go all in four and the, this is just games that the Giants cover I think their defense can keep them in it against a very conservative offense. that doesn't have great weapons that has a banged up offensive line, a quarterback that's been being treated with kids gloves, who sometimes will rip them off and throw a rogue pass or two that I think the giants can capitalize on. I know the giants have offensive line issues. I know they have receiver issues, but I think you'll see a lot more designed Jones runs, which they didn't do for some reason last week. Uh, but they did against Washington very successfully. I trust the giants on the road in this spot. Uh, I think that they'll keep this within a touchdown in a very low scoring game. Seven and a half is a ton of points
2: in this game. So give me the yeah. G man. Obviously I want to beat you in, the, in our contest, but I got to give some, uh, some numbers to back you up. Uh, here's a crazy one. Sean Payton, when the saints are on a one game win streak. So that means like, like they're coming off a win, but they didn't yeah. win the game before that. So it's not like a not two bad. game win streak. And when he's a favorite by six or more, he's two and 13 against the spread. Failing to cover by an average of eleven point four points. <laughs> like that's a lot of games, like fifteen games to fail to cover by. That's two hundred. That's that's over two hundred points that he's given up. Like against wow. the spread. Like that's absurd. So the Giants of the play, uh, Danny Dimes. You mentioned ten and four uh, on the road, nine and two as a road dog. So they I don't know how the Giants have been favored a couple times at home. I don't. <laughs> but that's yeah. That's not even the situation here. And then Jameis. When he's a home favorite, just 5-13 and 13 against the spread as a home favorite. He's failing to cover by 3.9 points, so you're almost a field goal. So, yeah, this all points to, like, a, like a Saints, like, 17-13 win or something like yeah. that, you know? Like, nothing, nothing too crazy. Same, same, Pretty much the same game as last week. Giants look like they might do it, but they do some stupid weight in the game uh, or they just kind of, you know, fold and, uh, and the Saints win the game.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants win this game. Like, I wouldn't. I like wouldn't either. When they went to Seattle last year, like this ugly it up. Uh, James makes a few mistakes. Jones makes a couple big runs. Giants, Giants with 20-17 to 17. wouldn't shock me at all.
2: Yeah. Uh, Geesh. Now I'm, like, torn because I also like the Giants for my money Wine dog. But we're not at that segment yet. Uh, this is the Sunday Six Pack for Week 4 on the Action Network Podcast presented by BetMGM. To recap, Stucky – is going with the new york jets plus seven the pittsburgh steelers plus six and a half the new york giants plus seven and a half i'm going with the baltimore ravens plus one the seattle seahawks plus three and the minnesota vikings plus one and a half
0: the action network podcast is proudly presented by bet mgm and to celebrate the 2021 nfl season BetMGM is offering a great sign up offer for our listeners a $1,000 risk free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description betmgm has been a great podcast partner and they've got all the best features for nfl betting like live betting and daily odds boosts plus betmgm is compatible with our BetSync technology so when you place a wager at betmgm that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app so open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to one thousand dollars just click on the link in this episode description to get started must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, one 800 270 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show.
2: Now it's time for our favorite total of the week. All right, Stuck, not my favorite totals week, and I also started the six-pack, so uh, go ahead and give us your total to start us off. Yeah, I have a couple.
1: I I mentioned the Ravens under, which I like, but I'm going to go with the the Green Bay-Pittsburgh first half under 23. I also like the game under, which I'll be playing, under 46. But I prefer the first half under a little more because, number one, if you look at it, these two teams are the slowest in the NFL in seconds per play in the first half, which is worth noting. Neither team are fast. And I expect, like I said, the Steelers defense to come out with their hair on fire. I could see the Packers coming out a little flat. I expect the Steelers to play this very conservatively in the beginning, let their, you know, and their offense is kind of broken. They can't do anything downfield. There's no explosiveness. It's just Ben getting rid of the ball quickly. But I think they're going to run it a lot in the first half, and their defense is going to play really well. And I think this is just a rock fight in the first half. Steelers keep it close. They just ugly this game up. Why I prefer the first half a little more than the second half is just I don't want – if the Steelers' defense makes a couple plays and their offense is moving the ball and Rodgers is playing from behind, like that's not the script that I want. And then if the Steelers get too far behind in the second half, I don't want Ben trying to throw them back because that's just a recipe for disaster. They're going to have to start playing faster, number one, and then you're going to have, you know, potential turnovers and – so I think the game script in the first half is going to be very conducive to uh, an under. So uh, we'll go with the first half under 23 or better in Pittsburgh Green Bay. And by the way, like we said before, with these Tomlin spots in the road, his unders have been very successful.
2: I love the false enthusiasm. I'm going to see if we can make one of you guys quit today.
1: So that speaks to that defense coming out. I think that the unders is a road dog. He's like 68 or something
2: I, I feel like i've had better trends for your picks than my picks but i got you with this one uh tomlin road unders when it's between when it's over 43 up to 51 so 43 and a half to 51 so you take out those like super low total games where it's probably going you know it's just hard to go under road under for tomlin 43 and a half to 51 43 and 15 74 percent jesus and, that, and that, that's, that, that's not even off of a loss. That's just road unders that in this range. Like, it's, it's absurd. It's <laughs> insane. Like, you, you might as well just go with the full game. Like, you should be fine. Like, you know what oh, I mean? I'm doing like, the full it, game, too. I'm, yeah, no, just, I, mean, I mean, I don't even think you I, – I know you're, you feel like the first half is safer for the show. I'm saying, like, I, I almost feel like you're fine on the full game. But 43 and 15, that's absurd.
1: Crazy. Where are you
2: going? Uh, so this is not my favorite totals week. I'll be honest. Uh, usually I'm on a bunch of unders. I think the market has started to adjust. You know, there's going to be some weather and some games. I've seen a bunch of totals that I thought about kind of come down, but uh, I'm going to actually switch. I was going to go Detroit Chicago under, you uh, know, you know, in full disclosure 42. I like that down to 41, I think, but. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Jets Titans under 44, um, you know, kind of talking to you about it and kind of fleshing out some things. I really like this because number one, you look at the pace, and that's always a great starting point for betting unders. Uh, you want to look at the pace. So situation neutral pace, Tennessee 21st, the Jets 20th. Uh, first half pace, Tennessee 23rd, the Jets 27. So, okay, we're going to get an ugly first half game. Tennessee's, I remember I mentioned, they've given up a lot of plays uh, on third down. But there's number two in the league in early down success rate against the pass on defense. So I still think Zach Wilson struggles in this one. And then on the other side, it's Tennessee's offense that we're really worried about, like, if, we're, if this game is going to go over. But as you mentioned, they are without uh, A.J. Brown and may very well be without Julio Jones as well. If or if they're not, they're going to manage his reps. Either way, it's an opponent that they're favored by a touchdown against. Their plan is going to be to run the football. And I look at the Jets, they have offense has been so bad that no one's noticed. They've been decent on defense, especially compared to their talent level. They're 17th in success rate against the run on early downs and against the pass. So very league average, middle of the pack defense for a talent level that's probably bottom five. Bottom
1: three, you know, yeah.
2: You know, Tennessee is going to kind of, We know what they're going to do. You know, they're going to come out and hand the ball to Derrick Henry 25, 30 times. And and there might be some weather, you know, this is like seven to 10 mile an hour winds, some low visibility, maybe some overcast. Uh, We could get rain in this game. Uh, I would take this down to 43. I think this is one of those games where um, I wouldn't be surprised if the total closed at 43. So like Jets, Titans under 44.
1: Yeah, and they scored 25 against the Colts who lost three defensive backs during the game. And they were plus Mm -hmm. three in turnovers, like in a game that they led 14, 13 in the fourth quarter. And by the way, you convinced me, 43 and 15. I'll go under 46 full game, or 45 and a half. It doesn't matter for this. Bears, lines. I don't hate that under. Now, I also do want to say that I think the Bears have value now. This line mm-hmm. has gone way the other way. It's under a field goal now at home. That's crazy after what we saw last week. Look, the Lions, people are like, they fight. Like, woo, they fight. Like, all right. Detroit. That's, the, yeah, that's good if you can try to cover 10 but plus two and a half now in Chicago this reminds me of week two when the Bears played the Bengals after week one um and a lot of money came in on the Bengals and the Bears won that game they got a, a bit fortunate if you look at the box score but this is a Lions team that was getting blasted by San Fran as someone who had plus 10 at the close and got a backdoor on two touchdowns two two-point conversions and an onside kick like they were down 20 they should have lost that game by 24 and then you know, you look at the Packers game, they played a good first half and then they got blown out. The lot, the Ravens should have been up by 24 in the first half. If Mar- They don't have all those drops. This is a team without a secondary at all. Matt Nagy's coaching for his job. Fields I, might, might start, might not. You might see Foles. Field, any, it'll be an upgrade if it's not Fields right now from what we've seen last week. If you see Fields, will be a short hook. Like it won't be a disaster like last week. Fat, Nagy has to win now or he's going to get fired. He can't lose this game. You could see you know, big Dick Nick Foles in there, or you could see any Dalton if he's healthy, who at least, you know, aren't, or are, are just not going to be like, it looks like a dark room out there, like Justin Fields said last week. Uh, and obviously this is a much easier defense to go against Jared Goff outdoors. So I like the bears now that it's under, I threw him in a money line parlay with uh, the bills that it got under three. Uh, if you grabbed the lines at like five and a half, six, that's a great grab. But this crossing the three now is, uh, I think the bears have value. So Let me ask
2: you a question I then, because I, I kind of agree with you. So I've been meaning to uh, ask you this, because this is one thing I've never, I just haven't done it a lot. So like I, when I do it, it's just kind of off like live betting. But like at what point does it become profitable to start looking for a middle? Because I, I got the Lions at plus six. It must have lasted like an hour. It was like Sunday afternoon. But yeah, at two and a half. Like, like what po- at what point should I be looking to just straight up middle this like 100 percent? In general,
1: if you have a a position and then the line moves, you're going to make out, I think, over the long run, you're going to make more profit by just holding your plus EV position now instead of trying to middle it. Now, if you, where it does make sense is if you don't really love the position and you're like, I know this is going to move, let me go in and bet it. And I know it's going to move here for an injury. And all I'm trying to do is middle it. But you like the lines at six, you might as well keep it. But in this particular circumstance,
2: like, I don't like them that much.
1: yeah. Under three, with a total of forty-two, the chances of this game landing between two and six um, are not insignificant. So, in this case, if you don't love the lines, um, you know I approach the, these things subjectively as well. It's more art than science. If you don't love the lines, um, that would be a great—you know—it's more than three and a half points crossing multiple key numbers in the NFL with a low total. So these numbers become even more important. So if you don't love the lines, you don't have to put your full bet on uh, what you put on the lines. But if you want to just throw a little bit on the bears, I think that's a a plus EV play, both of them. But if you made the line like four, taking six in a low scoring game, plus EV bet, and then laying two and a half, plus EV bet, with a higher chance of a middle than most games between two and a half and six, all the key numbers. So um, that's the... Evaluation tool that I would use.
2: Okay. Yeah. So to recap one more time, stuck going Packers, Steelers under 46. I'm going Jets, Titans under 44. Let's get into our favorite teaser of the week.
1: Oh, yeah. Six point teasers.
2: All right. For those unfamiliar with teasers, it's when you get uh, an extra amount of points for each bet that you're making. Usually, the standard is a six-point teaser, which means a, an eight-point favorite becomes a two-point favorite, and eight-point underdog becomes a fourteen-point underdog. So uh, you can usually add as many teasers as you want, but it's usually two teams, six points. Uh, books usually charge one minus one twenty for it, but you can be profitable. Stucky has a lot of good content out on it. Just Google Stucky and teasers or search Stucky and teasers on the action network, uh, on actionnetwork.com stuck. Where are you going for week four?
1: Yeah. A lot of questions about teasers last week. The, the teasers teasing across three and seven, one, six and oh got a lot of questions about it. So I actually did an updated teaser guide this week. It'll be out on the app by the time you're listening to this and on actionnetwork.com it'll rank. I think there's eight or nine viable teaser options this week so make sure you check that out it will be all the different rules and then some other things to consider some things we talk about on here that you know the total and various other factors but uh, i like the Seahawks. like i mentioned the Bengals on Thursday night football but for this i'll go with the Vikings I already talked about this earlier game i make a toss up cousins playing at a high level if i need a backdoor too i can get it but i think this is a close game i'll take the home team that should be 3-0 in the season catching over a touchdown I'll pair them with the Colts. Uh, this is just a no-brainer for me. It's an ugly game. I mean, Miami was awful last Going you are reset again. Total is 43, and I can get the Colts it over a touchdown. It's going to be hard for either one of these teams to pull away from the other. So I'll take the Colts and the Vikings over a touchdown each.
2: You know what's funny? Miami's favored by two points. You know what's also worth two points? When you throw the ball to Jay Waddle five yards behind the goal line – behind your own goal line and get tackled for a safety.
1: <laughs> that was an awful play ball. <laughs>
2: hey, yo, I, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen something quite like I was, I like rubbed my eyes like Urban Meyer. Is that you? Like, I, it's like, how, like, why Brian Flores, you know, you tend to think that dolphin staff is going to be sharp. Everyone was mad at everyone after that play. So I don't Have you seen anything about that? Like, do we know whose fault that was? So bizarre. No, I, like Jalen Waddle mad that he got thrown the ball. Brissett looked mad that the play was called. The coaches looked mad that it was a safety. So I'm like wondering who is actually at fault for that. But man, you have, yeah. If you haven't got a chance to see this, just Google Jalen Waddle safety and, and you'll just see one of the dumbest football plays of all time uh, for my teaser. Uh, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Cincinnati on Thursday, seven and a half to one and a half. I think that's a no brainer. And I, like there's a bunch of other favorites by like seven, seven and a half, six and a half that I really do not trust. I mean, I don't trust the Packers don't trust the saints. I don't really trust the Titans, but I trust them more than these other teams because Zach Wilson has shown us nothing. Um, you know, so far uh, He's faced some tough defenses, but again, Tennessee has been good on early downs against the past. This is the safest one. I think uh, to kind of go down. I always like going with the favorites down more than the underdogs up. Um, for I don't know why, just kind of a personal style. There's still not many worlds where I see the, the, the Jets actually winning this game. So Tennessee, Cincinnati, teasing them down. You know, hold your nose when it comes to Tennessee because it might be uglier than we think. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for the teaser segment. Stuck has Indianapolis teasing them from two to eight. Minnesota teasing them from one and a half to seven and a half. I'm going Tennessee, seven to one. Cincinnati, seven and a half, two, one and a half. And now it is time for... Our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the
0: Moneyline Parlay.
2: And when I say our Moneyline Underdog Parlay, I should say our two-in-one Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Last week, you had the Saints, I had the Packers, and somehow we've hit on, what, like four out of six Moneyline Underdogs combined this year. So uh, it's been a pretty good year for us. On these money line dog parlays, and I'm going to let you go first because I now I feel like I have so many options. I might have to change my pick while you're talking. So, uh, start us off and tell us where you're going this week as we try to go to three and one. Well, last week
1: it faded the Patriots, but this week we're going to the Patriots in a fascinating game, uh, money line against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. I'm sure you've heard about it. Uh, look, the Patriots haven't been great this year, but they should be three and zero. They outplayed Miami. They obviously dominated the Jets. And they outplayed New Orleans and just had a couple of bad bounces go against them. Not the most potent offenses in the world, but here's what this comes down to. I mean, number one, there's this value in the number to me. I can't get to seven or more. I don't know how I accounting for the home field, some of the Tampa Bay injuries. Dean might play. It's worth keeping an eye on, but their secondary is a mess.
2: When I got it's Richard not the Sherman. best.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Richard Sherman. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you can expect him to do in this scheme at his age right now, but yeah, uh, it's – the defense hasn't been playing well at all. They haven't been getting to the quarterback. Their secondary has been getting abused. Teams are just coming out and passing against them all day, which you should do. You shouldn't try to run at all. New England likes to run, so it's not the best matchup. them. And James White is out now. It's kind of the security blanket for Mac Jones. Be curious to see how they approach this. What I think they're going to do – now, this is – I'm going to have a, a write-up for this game. I'm assuming that Bill Belichick has something drawn up for Brady – that he was in the lab cooking up this summer. Ex-assistants already have some success against him. We saw Vrabel do it in the playoffs. The last time he played in Fox, when he threw that pick six at the end, uh, you know, we saw, we saw Flores do it when the Dolphins upset the Patriots somehow at the end of the season in 2019. We even saw Matt Patricia do it in the highlight of his career when they won his seven-point underdogs at home in week three against the Patriots. This kind of reminds me of the spot last year when the Patriots were seven-point underdogs against the Ravens. They were two and six. The Ravens were six and two. No one gave them a shot. The Patriots won. They came up with a good game plan. But what I assume the Patriots could do, is they're going to go really slow. They're going to try to keep the ball to Brady's hands, and then they're going to dare the Bucs to run it. And they're just going to say, go ahead and run it. And then they're going to have some kind of exotic look. They're obviously going to have some simulated pressure, just something that Bill Belichick has schemed up here. To try and confuse brady should be a fascinating chess match so i think there's high variance here in that who knows what belichick's going to come up with i think the i think this game actually plays to an under it's crazy to say that the bucks game that's 49 but i think that they're going to sort up they're going to dare the bucks to run shorten this game uh so i think there's value in this number and uh it's a fascinating chess match in bill we trust i could go through stats for days here you know, off of a loss, but they're all kind of correlated because they were together. Belichick off a loss 45 and 20 against the spread, 69.2%. But Brady off a loss 41 and 14 against the spread, 74 and a half percent. But he's just 10 and 11 against the spread when a favor by a touchdown or more. Yeah, give me the Pats. This week we went against, last week we went against them, this week we'll go with them. Pull the stunner.
2: Was pretty sure you were going to take the Jets and the Steelers in the six pack. I did not think you were going to take the Pats. Uh, I'll be honest; that's one of the more surprising ones. I have no take on this game. I just—it's very hard for me to handicap Belichick versus Brady, especially with like you said, all these competing trends and Belichick and Foxborough and Brady coming off a loss and this and that. So, I mean, it's—it's it's interesting. It's spicy. Let's see. Let's see how this goes. It's—it's it's plus two twenty-five. So you know, it's there, and I'm gonna—I'm gonna kind of. Go right in line with that and go with a, another big underdog. I'm going to take the Giants plus 280. I already mentioned Sean Payton in these spots failing to cover by 11, you know, over 11 points a game. Well, the line is only seven and a half. So if they fail to cover by 11 and a half points, they're losing this game. Uh, Jameis Winston, 12 and 11 on the money line, is a favorite. So there's about a 50, uh, right under a 50% chance, almost a coin flip, that Jameis loses outright as a favorite. And you're getting plus 280. You're getting implied like a 30 percent chance of winning. So give me the Giants in this spot. You mentioned it. This is the kind of game they kind of muck up. They make it look nasty, you know. And uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Everyone thought they were going to get that win against the Falcons. Uh, they didn't. You know, they probably should have got one against Washington. They didn't. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the spot they they get they get that one win and then and then this they is the Giants script. Game. Yeah, this is it. So, and this is a juicy parlay. So we are, we are really kind of feeling ourselves after going two and one so far, plus 225 and plus 280. That's a payout on a hundred dollar bet of 1,135 hours. So you put in a hundred, your payout is 1235. So you're getting over 10 to one odds here. If we go three and one, I mean, we might have to take the rest of the year off or they might just have to give us a raise or something like that. Cause uh, this would be ridiculous if we hit this one, but Giants. We'll be back to
1: our we'll be back to our short dogs next week. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Let's get it done. I can see <laughs> yes. both
2: winning. Let's go. And and the one time I picked the short dog, I lost. I picked the oh well no, I guess I picked the Packers, but I picked the Cincinnati Bengals the short dog. And that didn't work out. So yeah, let's uh Giants plus two eighty and the Patriots plus two twenty five. Again, it's over a ten to one payout. Hey, can't go back. Can't go wrong with that. Let's get into the best of the rest, which are the games that we. Did not talk about in any other segment. All stuck. right, start. first up, we got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Philadelphia Eagles. The line is seven in favor of the Chiefs. The total is 54 and a half. I kind of want to take the Eagles. I mean, the Chiefs just don't cover big numbers, if covering numbers at all. But I'm I'm also interested in the, the total on this game. I wanted to hear your opinion. For some reason, when teams go to Lincoln Financial, and this is, this bid is not just like Carson Wentz and Peterson, it's just like, since 2015, which is pre Peterson and pre Wentz, uh, and post them obviously 30 and 12 when the, when the total opens 44 or higher at Lincoln financial 34 and 12, 71% to the under. So this, this seems like it could be an ugly game. They're going to play that Gannon defense. They're going to leave two safeties back in in two deeper quarters. And we know the chiefs, even if they score, they're going to take, they're going to, it's going to be a 10 play, 12 play drive. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I like, I like the Eagles. Um, Even after that disaster last week, I knew I would. The whole world will be on the Chiefs. Um, You know, this line last week was five, five and a half. Sirianni was a mess last week. I mean, wearing the beat Dallas shirt, you know, and then he's not running the ball at all. There's no adjustments, and uh, what I think it's a good thing for this week. I think that they're going to run it a lot, and they're going to use Miles Sanders, who should be fresh after getting two carries uh, for 27 yards last week. That's all you're going to do against the Chiefs. This Chiefs, the, the reason the Chiefs can't cover. By the way, Mahomes went one of four, one of fourteen for six yards with two picks under pressure last week. I think the Eagles can nice. get some pressure with that defensive line. But the Chiefs are 0-3 against the spread. They're 0-10 against the spread their last 10 games when favored by more than a field goal. And they're 1 12 and 1 against the spread the last 14. Why? Well, a couple of reasons. Their defense stinks. They're 32nd DVOA overall, 32nd against the run, 32nd against the pass. They have no one in their front seven who can cover tight ends, who can cover backs, who can defend the run outside of Chris Jones. That's it. Frank Clark stinks, by the way, so please don't say his name. The Eagles should be able to run the ball. They should be able to use their tight ends. Uh, they should be able to run Hurts. Every, anyone can pretty much keep up with the Chiefs. Go back to last year. It's not. It's, just, it's hard for them to cover a number. Seven and a half? You can get seven and a half, which I got earlier this week. Seven's fine, too. You know, I make this closer to five and a half, five. Like it's just mm-hmm. the Chiefs' defense is that bad. That's why they're not covering. And then there's also a premium on Mahomes and Reed, right? They were always so good against the spread and everyone always wanted to back, back them. And rightfully so. But then, you know, you were, there's an extra point or two in the market and it just caught up to them and their defense is just so bad. So um, yeah, I think Gannon will come up with a good game plan here. Hopefully Sirianni cleans up the penalties. He's not been, been impressive over the past two weeks, but Gannon came up, helped Foods come up with a great game plan in 2019 against the Chiefs. They switched up their entire defense. They went more man, heart press man on the outside, and the Colts never do that. And they held Mahomes, who'd scored at least 26 points every game of his career, to 13 points. They won 19 to 13. I think that game was in Arrowhead. Shocker of an upset. So uh, I think you'll see a good defensive game plan. They'll they'll take away the explosive plays, and uh, I think they can get pressure on Mahomes. But most importantly, I think. The Philadelphia offense can keep up, not because I think the Philadelphia offense is any sort of juggernaut. It's they're an NFL team playing the Chiefs, and they're catching seven and a half at home. I know it's a bad spot off Monday Night Football on the road. Teams coming off Monday Night Football on the road, then coming home on a short week, one twenty-four, one sixty-one, and eleven against the spread. It's forty-three and a half percent. Different story than when you're catching a touchdown or more at home. To counter that, teams coming – why is this a buy-low spot? Everyone wants to sell the Eagles after what they saw on national TV. Teams coming off a 20-plus point loss, and now they're home dogs the next week of more than five points. So everyone's – you know they got blown out. The next week, they're home dogs of at least five points. This also applies to the Jets. Since 2003, 75-47-2 and against the spread, 61.5%. Uh, so I like the Eagles at anything seven or above – uh, it's hard to see the, the Chiefs losing another game and dropping to one and three. Uh, they're zero and three against the spread, but my prediction is we probably don't see that. And Reed's return, you know, a lot of a lot of homecomings this week. But my prediction is the Chiefs win another game by uh, we'll call it four this time.
2: Yeah, I, I I can see that. I don't see them losing. I I do see an ugly game though. I'm probably leaning under on this one. Uh, and you like the Eagles? I you know I can't. Uh, I can't argue with it. I mean, the Chiefs just haven't covered. And Mahomes is now, because they were winning those games that they weren't covering, now they're not because Mahomes is making uncharacteristic mistakes. And he, let's be honest, he really hasn't looked right against pressure since the Super Bowl. I don't know if there was some type of blueprint out there where was, uh, that was the last game everyone saw, everyone studied it, you know, but teams, the Chiefs haven't looked quite as invincible. But uh, let's go to Houston at Buffalo. Buffalo, 17-point favorite. The total was 47
1: Nothing here. I mean, favorites are more than two touchdowns since 2003, 40-40 and two against the spread. Buffalo's been trying out different things. It's a hard game to project. Like, they, they're back to now more zone. They went one week where they were playing a lot of men, and then they were trying, like, 11 personnel, four wide. So they're tinkering with things in these games. They know they can win. I doubt they show much here. They might try some things. They have the Chiefs on deck. Yep. Big revenge game. They might sit on this. Uh, I make the, the line spot on. This isn't uh, – don't touch this game.
2: Carolina at Dallas, Dallas, four and a half point favorites to total 50 and a half. I've actually liked what I've seen out of Dallas's defense. It might sound crazy, but I think Diggs is playing very well. Uh, I think Micah Parsons helps that defense. I'm tempted to take Dallas in the under here, but I might just stay away. I just, we've seen, we've seen a lot of good things out of Carolina. Uh, What do you think of this one?
1: Yeah, I'm leaning towards Dallas here. I was really impressed. Their defense is flying around, obviously benefiting from turnover luck. So there's turnover luck and then the Carolina has an easy, one of the easiest schedules you ever mm-hmm. see. I mean, they played two rookie quarterbacks. They played the Saints in an awful spot with a decimated, you know, they had injuries they had missing eight assistants. So we didn't really learn much about them. They do have a long week, they have long preparation though. So they played Thursday and then the Cowboys played Monday. So there's like three or four extra days. There's no McCaffrey, and Hubbard hasn't impressed me. I think that's ultimately going to be the difference is no McCaffrey in this game. And I'll take Dak, the way Dak is playing right now mm. over Sam Darnold every day of the week. Yeah. And McCaffrey would have been big here because I think that's how you exploit this this ca- Cowboys defense is with, the, with your backs, which the Eagles obviously failed to realize. Uh, and also, Panthers are without three of their five defensive backs that they used in nickel situations in week one. Burris is hurt. Their safety, J.C. Horn, is out for an extended time, their first-round draft pick at corner. And Miles Hartsfield is out as well. So that caused him to trade for C.J. Henderson, who's going to play this week. Like He's learning a whole new defense against Dak that's going to be messy. So I I lean Cowboys here, even though it's a bad spot in a short week against a team in a long week. uh, Give me Dak over Darnold any day of the week.
2: Yeah, and it's not usually the type of pick I make, you know, favorite in that dead zone, four and a half. But uh, I I could see this, like, 34-7 Cowboys. Uh, Washington at Atlanta. I got Washington at plus one and a half. Now they're minus one and a half. I'd probably stay away here. It's this is another coin flip game. The one thing about this game for me is that Atlanta. The reason I you know I faded them the first two weeks, picked them last week because it was like okay, they're not going to have they're not going to be outgunned in the trenches. Even though Washington and you called this before the season, their defense hasn't been good. They're still third in the league in pressure rate. I still think they are better on both sides of the ball. In the trenches. And in a coin flip game, I'm going to side with Washington, but I just wouldn't touch this now that they're favored. What do you think?
1: What is wrong with the Falcons? Arthur, put the Falcons off with 32nd ranked rush offense and 28th ranked passing offense. They did nothing last week. The Giants had some injuries. They got just dominated by the Eagles in week one. They actually played with the Bucks into the fourth quarter, which tells you about how that Bucks defense is playing. Not great right yeah. now. That was their, the Falcons' best game. They're down, 28-25 oh, like in the fourth quarter before a couple pick-sixes. But, yeah, this Falcons team is a mess right now. Is the Will the Washington defense step up and make plays? The, the Falcons' defense is also a mess as well. I don't hate it, but nothing for me there.
2: Uh, and finally, the Cardinals at the Rams. This is probably when I'm just going to enjoy the game. <laughs> you know, it's in that dead zone. It's minus five for the Rams. 54-and-a-half is the total. It was at six for a while, and I thought about the Cardinals, but it quickly moved down. I didn't get a chance to hop in. So it's a stay away from me. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I make it five, I think 554, or yeah. 553. I mean, I make it right there. Are the Rams going to have a little letdown? I mean, McVeigh was running all over the field, a little emotional letdown here. I don't know. McVeigh has owned the Cardinals. He's 8 0 against them in his tenure with the Rams. Murray. against the Rams, QB rating 75, 187 passing yards per game, five touchdowns, four interceptions, 13 rushes, 46 yards, one touchdown, three lost fumbles. That means he has six total touchdowns and seven turnovers in the four games, all losses against the Rams. He's only rushed for 46 yards. He's taken 11 sacks for 91 yards. So the Rams seem to have – the Cardinals' number here. We'll see yeah. what Arizona can do. The Rams are the fastest offense in the NFL. Neutral pay situation, so like it's tough to back in, to back it under here with these you know two high flying offenses. But divisional game, two undefeated teams. I can I can see it being you know starting slower than some would anticipate, but nothing for me here.
2: Gun in my head, I go with the Rams here. They've just dominated, and I don't think the Cardinals have anyone to cover Cooper Cup. But let's get into our last segment, and that's our Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. Survive. I
0: will survive. Oh. The Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. Going
2: out All right, Stuck, we're both still alive. You went San Fran, Cleveland, Denver. I went San Fran, Green Bay, Carolina in the first three. Where are you going week four? I mean, the
1: Bills are the obvious pick, but they're the Bills. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. I want to obviously save them, and there's a lot of these seven point favorites that are scary to me that I can see yeah. losing, and I hope some of them do that I bet against and for survivor. But uh, I went with the Bengals. When am I going to use the Bengals again? I, I don't know, probably not. So, this is a good week to use the Bengals, in my opinion. I'm using Bengals on Thursday night,
2: yeah. I'm with you here. I'm going Bengals too. I, I mean, it's only right for me to continue to fade urban, and I agree. The Bills, you could use them against there's still two games against the Jets coming up for the Bills, so. Um, yep. Want to save them? Uh, that's going to do it for the Action Network NFL podcast for Week Four, presented by BetMGM. Remember, you can follow all of our picks on the award-winning Action Network app. Just search for Sunday Six Pack in the Action app follow feature. You can find Stucky on Twitter at Stucky Two. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find our content at ActionNetwork.com and in the Action app. And you can find our fantasy content as well at ActionNetwork.com or GFS content at Fantasy Labs. Com. Until next week, let's get this shmoney.
1: Let go.